Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Black and Gold Prospect Podcast in collaboration and released on the same listening platforms as our production-leading Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. Follow our Boston Bruins and Prospect-related content over at the blackandgoldhockey.com website, and please consider using our Fanatics-related banner to the right before shopping for all your professional sports apparel needs. Now let's start the Bruins prospect talk from the many levels of the Boston hockey developmental system. Jack Sudnik is able to poke it around Fervari. He's got a shorthanded chance here on goal. Scores! Back Jack, do it again. Jack's got goals in five as we continue, here's a pass up to Galeni, Beecher, he scores! Tom Beecher! What a play! Michigan, 2 nothing. Oscar Steen, a slot in front, scores! Erho Vakkanainen makes it 3 to nothing. Here comes Boucher, in on Vladar, Denied by Vladar, and the Bruins win it! Hey everyone's fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Prospect Podcast. This is episode 11, as uh, my co-host Tim told me earlier in a pre-game uh, warm-up for this discussion. Uh, this episode 11 is brought to you by betonline.ag. Use code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag and get yourself a sweet um, count with a sweet bonus in return. Tim, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing good. A lot better. A lot better than uh, the, the, the first weekend of January 2020 uh, when the boss, when the Providence Bruins um, had three games in, um, in three nights and, and lost all three. And, uh, but this weekend we have some better news uh, on the top minor pro affiliate of the uh, Providence Bruins and, and some other news that's going on. But I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Uh, Hopefully you're well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Everything's going pretty well here. Um, can't complain. Nice. Um, let's get started with uh, episode eleven. It's going to probably be a quick one. 
but uh, hopefully it'll be as good as the last week's. Got a lot of good reviews on last week's episode, so really happy about that. And thank you, as always, for your participation, Tim. Absolutely. It's fun doing this. Yeah, it sure is. Um, oh, and while I have a moment, I might as well uh, talk about this now. Um, we are looking for more writ- writers to our blackandgoldhockey.com website. If you are interested in joining our team, um, and you, you, you could either be a, a seasoned journalist or a, somebody that just wants to start off, uh, we welcome everybody to, come, or to reach out and uh, let me know if, if, what you'd like to do and if we could work together. And we'll go from there. Um, I do a decent little training process with each individual. So uh, hopefully it's a, it's, it is a painless process. It's pretty easy. So if, if you're interested, please reach out. Um, I'm on Twitter at blackandgold277. You can also go to our uh, email account. That's blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com. Send me an email, a cover letter, some previous um, articles that you've written in the past. And, and we'll, we'll talk and try to get you online. We want to get some more content. We'd, we'd actually love to get more content from the uh, Boston Bruins prospects from around the world. So uh, that'd be huge. And we're also looking for NHL coverage too. So whatever you'd like to do, um, if it's Bruins related and it, and it works for us, we, we, we're welcome. We have open arms to any Bruins content that we can pump out. So let me know. But um, let's get started. On the uh, in the American Hockey League with the Providence Bruins, the top minor pro affiliate of the Boston Bruins played in two games last week, earning four points in a home and home series with the cross state rival Springfield Thunderbirds. The Providence club didn't exactly start the month off of January on a high note, losing three straight at home, but they did snap a four game losing streak over the weekend. And let's dive right into that talk in the action. The uh, on Saturday, January eleventh, twenty twenty, at the Mass Mutual Center, the Providence Bruins, I, as as mentioned, played the Springfield Thunderbirds, kicking off the action for the Providence Bruins. Trent Frederick, nice to see him getting on the board. He scores his fifth from Peter Solarik and Jakob Sporl on the power play at the three thirteen mark, giving the Providence Bruins a one and nothing lead. Brendan Gaunt. Uh, to end the period at the 1933 mark scores his eighth of the season from Cooper Zeck. Um, that ends the first frame of scoring. Uh, in the, the only goal of the second period belonged to Ryan Fitzgerald. He got his ninth from Paul Carey at the 953 mark of the second period. And uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds come back and get two, get one quick goal to make it three to one uh, at the 1228 mark of the third period, Anton bleed who was, uh, is down with Providence on a conditioning stint gets the Providence team to a four to one lead at 1228 from Didier and Brandon Woods. That was bleeds first of the season. Uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds get their second goal of the game and the final one um, at the 15. 15- 41 mark and uh, Carson Coleman uh, he's down also on a conditioning stint um, hopes could be called up soon he gets it first from Frederick and Brendan Gaunt on the empty net at the 1836 mark to pretty much seal the deal 
for the Providence Bruins, five to two victory on the road, which they have been playing very well. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, this was a this was a very interesting game, not only on the score sheet when it comes to uh, goals and assists and uh, and 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 wins, but uh, man, uh, I'll I'll let you know in a second. But uh, Dan Vladar got the uh, starting goal. He stopped 26 of 28 and continues to look good since he's his return from a uh, high ankle sprain in early December. But what I wanted to get to was was the interesting part of this game. But if you can look at the AHL.com's uh, score sheet, and I know you are right now, Tim, but um, yep. and our listeners, if you could look to the right column where the penalties are, you would have to scroll down a good two two times just to get down to the bottom of the list because there was a lot of penalties. So um, in this particular game, what stood out to you besides all those uh, bench miners? Uh, yeah, well – the penalties were crazy. Um, the end of the game got pretty uh, scrappy, we should say. Um, a few game misconducts from players, um, things like that. I think the most surprising thing is that Trent Frederick, Frederick didn't lead the team in penalty minutes. Um, it's normally him that gets a ton of the penalties, but hey, he's, I guess he's working on it. Uh, Providence was one for five on the power play, which isn't great. Um, Springfield was two for seven, which, I mean, you can deal with when you score five goals. You'd like that to be a little better. Also, you wouldn't want them to have seven power plays to begin with. Um, Dan Vladar looked really good in net. He had a great game. Um, he's looked really good since uh, coming back from injury, and he's had a good season um, overall. <clears throat> um, it's nice to see Frederick get involved in the scoring offensively. Um, and he's up to five goals, and I think he has 15 assists totally for 20 points on the year. So it's nice to see. Um, and I was just I was I was impressed with the, the the win. They came off three terrible games to come off those three terrible games, and then come back and score five goals and really take it to Springfield is really um, a show of character uh, for Providence. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it was, just, it was a very scrappy game. These two teams do not like each other. They are cross-state rivals, Atlanta division rivals, and, um, you know, you, you see the, 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 the real hatred. This is more or less like a, like a Bruins-Toronto uh, series, you know. It's, just, it's, just, it's very, very intense. Uh, face washes after every whistle. Um, just crazy, but, uh, yeah. Man, Trent Frederick, I mean, he's he's uh he's really stepping it up in, in different areas. Like he's being really well known as being that guy to uh get physical. Um so uh who knows if the Bruins will come calling on somebody like that. But he does he does lead the AHL in penalty minutes with I believe over a hundred by now. Oh yeah. Uh definitely has over a hundred by now. Um I think, you know, there's a lot of talk with, after last night's uh, Boston game about what they should do. Frederick is up to 102 penalty minutes. Okay. Um, he, there's a lot of talk. I mean, he, the team did try him at wing um, and had played him at wing and kind of got his scoring um, off the schneid there in Providence. Maybe, you know, the Boston comes knocking. 
uh, to get some of that physicality that he brings because he's he's like it's he's basically a bowling ball on the ice. He's he's compact. He's short, but you don't he hits like a truck. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he checks off all the boxes when you look for a physical player with. Um... You know, the, his skills and his skills and scoring are questionable right now because he's not really putting – I don't believe he's putting everything into it. I think he's trying – he's learning other areas of the game that are going to get him into the NHL for, the, like, for a full, full-time work. And then I think that will come – the scoring will come after that. But I think right now his physicality is, is, his, is his ticket. Um, and if – that's what he's being told and he's doing it without any question and he's happy to engage with anybody uh, and, and stick up for a teammate, especially down in Providence. I mean, just, we watch the games all the time as, as we've mentioned several, several times in, in these 11 episodes. But um, you know, when we, when we watch from either I'm at the dunk watching or we're watching on AHL TV, he's always talking, he's always jarring and he wants to go at any moment. So that's something the Bruins are definitely going to be looking at, you know, coming down the stretch here when they need it and possibly into the playoffs when a lot of the Bruins fans believe that they lost the Stanley Cup final because of the the the, the physicality wasn't there against St. Louis. So, um, you know, there's certain aspects of the game that all have to round out and so on. So we'll see what happens. But I'm pretty impressed with where, where he's going with his game and uh, what he's learning. He's learning some hard minutes right now. And, and uh, what I like I said, once he gets to the NHL, everything could round out. Absolutely, I, I I've been impressed with how he started off slow, and then he's played really well uh, over the last couple months there. And he his his physicality is is pretty huge. He's I, I he's not going to back down from anyone. That's for sure. He doesn't care who you are, what you've done, um, what you can do. He's going to come after you if he feels like it's warranted. And I mean, even uh, last season in one of his call-ups to Boston, pretty sure it was his, it might've been his first game he fought in for Boston. So, I mean, he, he's definitely not, he's not, uh, he's not going to shy away from anything. I remember that game too. That's when his parents were going nuts. Exactly. And his dad was so, like, so proud that he put a beat down. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to game number two of the weekend. It was Sunday afternoon, a three o'clock matinee uh, at the Dunkin' Donut Center to finish off the home and home against the Springfield Thunderbirds. Um, the Providence Bruins get on the board first from Brandon Woods, his sixth from Kuhlman and Jeremy Lauzon at the two fifty-two mark of the first. Providence would get a two to nothing lead from Peter Solarik, who scored his tenth from Brandon Gaunts and Trent Frederick on the power play at the 1658 mark of the first period. Uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds would get a little closer, making it two to one on a goal from Owen Tippett at the 1508 mark. And the second period, the Providence Bruins get to a three to one lead on a goal from Carson Kuhlman, who scored his second from Paul Carey at the 1736 mark. And Antoine Bleed would make it 4-1 to one at the 209 mark of the third period. And this one was interesting because he had a breakaway, 
and got held up behind from uh, the Thunderbirds defenseman, which uh, gave him a, a, a penalty shot. And they were already on the short. He was already on. The, the Providence Bruins were already shorthanded. So he goes in and uh, he, he goes in with speed, crosses the blue line, slows up a little bit of that serpentine route that Jack Edwards at the NHL Bruins talks about. Um, a couple flicks of the wrist. He was stick handling in close and, and just, just basically fires it right through the goaltender uh, for the – for the uh, shootout goal, I'm sorry, the penalty shot goal, uh, and, and his second of the season. So he's been he's been playing pretty good, and um, we'll talk about him in a moment. Remind me if I forget, okay, Tim? Okay. All right. Um, the, and then kind of the uh, the the uh, Thunderbirds started to get back into it. Uh, the the two fifty seven mark, basically a minute a minute later, um, the. Thunderbirds get their second goal of the game. And then 10 minutes later after that, they get another one. So it's four to three uh, in Providence favor. But Brandon Woods comes in and scores his seventh of the season at the 1359 mark of the third period from Kopanen and Zborl. And that ends it right there with the scoring uh, in the game. So the Providence Bruins beat the Springfield Thunderbirds five to three. Um, uh, sorry, Max Legacy uh, stopped 21 of 24 uh, for, I believe, his 14th win of the season. He's been playing very well this year. Um, we'll talk about him in a moment, too. But uh, before we get into the, the your part of the, uh, the game, uh, this one was just a, a bit, uh, you know, more in favor of of penalties. There was only 38 combined in this game. Uh, so you, you, it's, it's literally a hundred less penalties in 24 in less than 24 hours. So, um, interesting game. So, uh, what, what, what stood out to you, Tim? Um, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me beyond, um, the penalties being reined in a little bit, Providence was one for three on the power play, which I mean, it's not bad. At least you got one. Um, they were two for five on the kill, which is kind of unfortunate. You'd like to see a better percentage than that. Um, they did get a shorthanded goal, um, so that's nice uh, to see that. Uh, one thing is that stood out really like big time is if you look at the shots, uh, they outshot uh, Springfield sixteen to three in the first, and then they came back in the second and had another sixteen shots. So they were peppering Springfield. Um, all game, which is what you want to see. They were taking it to Springfield. They were bringing uh, their style of play. They were um, they were playing the puck. They were doing everything you want to see a team do, um, and that was really good. I liked. I liked. They were driving play, and that's what you want to see. So I was really happy with that. Nice to get those two wins against Springfield because going into the weekend. Um, Springfield was only a point behind you in the standings and then beating them twice um, is is fantastic uh, it was nice to see that Kuhlman and Bleed got goals again um, it's back-to-back games for them that they had goals uh, that's really nice to see especially coming off some pretty bad injuries um, where they missed a significant amount of time uh, it's nice to see that they're kind of coming in and 
almost not skipping a beat there. Um, it's always great to see. So all in all, it was a great weekend for Providence. Um, and hopefully they can kind of use this and take some momentum into this weekend. Absolutely. Uh, some, some players down in the uh, AHL Providence Bruins that are playing well so far and, and, and have uh, multiple games with points. Uh, Paul Carey has a two-game point streak. He's got, two, he's got one assist in, in two games this weekend. Peter Solarik is on a two-game point streak. He has a goal and assist uh, on the weekend. Trent Frederick is on a two-game point streak, a goal and two assists. And Brendan Gauntz has a two-game point streak, a goal and two assists. And Carson Kuhlman has a two-game point streak, two goals, one assist. Um, speaking of Coleman, um, he's been playing well, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Providence Bruins um, legitimately call him up. Now, the Anton Bleed thing I wanted to talk about, and I wrote an article about this on the blackandgoldhockey.com website about Anton's uh, recall to the, to the Boston Bruins. Now, Anton got injured in preseason, and he had shoulder surgery. So he's been on the shelf since for a better part of half of the season. So even if he wasn't injured, he would still have to go through the waiver process to go down to Providence and play down in the AHL. Now that he did have that injury and he's somewhat back, um, he did go down to Providence for a conditioning stint, played four games, and I thought he played very well. He was very engaged in the, in the physicality. He showed great amounts of speed, probably because he's been out for you know, four months, whatever. And um, I thought he got in the corners and, and he didn't shy away because of the fact is that he was um, worried about, uh, re, you know, re-injuring his shoulder and going through the same process over again. They got him in the, in the uh, injury troubles in the first place. So that's a little bit of confidence for him. But the thing is, is that conditioning stint is now over. So now he had to report back to well, technically, air quotes, he got recalled by the Boston Bruins. So now he's with the Boston Bruins. Now, Brett Ritchie got waived today by the Boston Bruins. So if he clears by noon tomorrow, he will report uh, to the Providence Bruins and play in the AHL. He will, he's, he's on a million-dollar salary at the NHL level. He will make that. I think he gets a certain abatement on it. Uh, the team gets a certain abatement on it, um, like a, s a certain percentage gets taken off, but a large amount of that money is still capable at the NHL level. Now, the Anton Bleed thing, that kind of frees up some space. Anton could now play for the, uh, for the Boston Bruins, um, and I believe he'll still be under that 23-man roster. The thing with Anton, though, is if he's not producing up to the Br Boston Bruins standards, of play and needs to go back down to Providence, he will go through the, the waiver wire. So it didn't matter if he got injured or not. Somewhere through the whole process between uh, early October and here uh, on January 15th, he's gonna, he was gonna, uh, it was irrelevant that he was going to be waived. So um, he's the type of player that adds a little physicality, a little grit, kind of a, a Marchand type player, an agitator without the scoring touch. So and and that those those players are needed uh, league wide. So I'm not sure if he 
if he'd sneak through or some other team finds interest in him, if, if he does have to go through the waiver process. But regardless, he's with the Providence, the Boston Bruins, excuse me. And it, it's, by, it's a forced recall. So for those folks that have been asking, I've been telling them that the show, the show drops tonight. So if they needed to find out some more information about what's going on, that they, uh, they have it here. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much all I have on, on all the news um, from the American Hockey League Providence Bruins. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add, Tim? Um, well, the one other thing was uh, Legacy. Um, with uh, Tukaras getting concussed there, is that something that Boston may do as well? Um, either call up Vladar or Legacy to take Tuka's spot there uh, behind Halak until he's better at this point. Um, and here's, I've been getting a lot of questions about this as well. Um, a lot of folks reach out to me because we are a credentialed website of the uh, Providence Bruins. So we, we do have some kind of not inside information, but some, we have opinions and, and what, but what we see on the ice. Um, if you, if you're asking me about the better goaltender, I would definitely say uh, Legacy because of the fact is that he has been playing good. He's got some really good numbers, and he does have some NHL experience. But I'm not totally sure, and we don't we don't play we don't ever say that we know everything and we're experts at, at at anything. I still have to do a little bit of research on this, but I Legacy's on a two way contract. And I'm not sure how the emergency recalls work. I know there's a certain time frame that the emergency recalls have to be brought back. If that's the case, yes, Legacy could come up and back up um, uh, Yaroslav Halak and the Boston Bruins. But if, if Legacy is and has to go through the waiver process to go back down to Providence, I think Dan Vladash should get that call because he's waiver exempt. I honestly don't think that at this point, because and we'll talk about it later, um, there's another goaltender in the scheme that's, that uh, seems to be having as uh, an upper body injury, which I found out today from Mark Diver, is a concussion. So I don't know what you want to do. I think that the, you know, if that does happen to work out, I think Vladar would be the better option because you don't want to, you know, if you did happen to lose Legacy to the, to the waiver wire we still have two healthy backups down in providence i mean two goaltenders down in providence but because one of them's injured you know you can't have one so i think that Bladar could get it but um if the, if the it all depends on that whole waiver thing and if it does happen you know but legacy would be my guy if, if i had to pick and choose Sure. Yeah, I think I agree. I think it all depends on whether or not Legacy would be waiver exempt. Um, I think if he's not, then you have to you have to call up uh, Vladar just because um, I don't think you can risk losing Legacy to waivers. I just don't think it's it's worth it. Um, just because he's he's done so well. Uh, for Providence, and he's been such a big part of the team. And as you said, um, there's another there's another goalie injury down um, in the minors. So I agree. I think that if if Legacy can be exempt, then yes, I think you absolutely use him to call up. 
but if not, not worth it. Use Vladar just because he would be exempt there. Absolutely. So after 40 games so far in the 2019-20 American Hockey League regular season, the Providence Bruins have a 22-15-1-2 record with 47 points and is in third place in the Atlantic Division and sixth in the Eastern Conference. The Bruins have not played well at home with a a record of 8-9-0-1, but much better on the road with a 14-6-1-1 record away from the dunk. Uh, the American Hockey League team from the state of Rhode Island is 4-6-0 and in their last 10 games and currently on a two-game winning streak. Um, before we get to the upcoming schedule, I would like to talk about our show sponsor, betonline.ag. Uh, football, hockey, basketball seasons uh, are in full swing. Football is going to the playoffs. Super Bowl coming around the corner but basketball and hockey are right in the middle of this season's uh, get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional ball. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser straight bet parlay or tease your way through the season. You can even bet on wild propositions as who's the next coach to get fired. I wish I placed some money on, on, um, on uh, Jerry Gallant of the Vegas Golden Knights, um, and or will Bruce Cassidy get fired? Who knows? These are all bets that you can do on BetOnline.ag. You can also who will make the college football playoff and who will be the NFL MVP. All of those again can be placed. Bets can be placed on at BetOnline.ag. Get the fastest to market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, BetOnline.ag. Head over to Bet Online today on your mobile device to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So, coming up this week, we are recording on the 15th of January, 2020. So, there's three games that are coming up um, starting on January 17th. That's a Friday night. The Bridgeport Sound Tigers travel to the dunk at 7.05. Bridgeport, uh, I think they're still at the bottom or climbing the Atlantic um, right behind the Providence Bruins. On Saturday, January 18th, Bridgeport is a flip-flop. It's kind of a home-and-home series. The Bridgeport Sound Tigers uh, are the home team. The Providence Bruins travel to them. And Sunday at 3.05 at the dunk, Springfield is back in town for another cross-state rivalry against that club. Uh, And we'll probably see a lot of penalties and a lot of hatred uh, between those two teams. So uh, definitely some good action lined up and and definitely winnable games. Um, Hopefully with the way that that Jay Leach and Trent Whitfield and Ryan Mulgren are doing with the coaching behind the bench. They have these guys ready for all these three games and they can win all three and, and get climb higher and higher in the Atlantic because uh, it's, 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 it's getting tight in that Atlantic Atlantic division. And uh, you constantly see in this team bounce around from second to third to fourth. So uh, a little uh, relaxation in the in the standings while while you're heading down to a Calder Cup playoff certainly would be nice. 
Absolutely. Hopefully they can uh, get those wins. The first two games are definitely winnable. Bridgeport's just had a tough season so far this year. And then Springfield, you know you can beat Springfield. And they've played against Springfield very well over the last few seasons. So it would be nice to get those three wins. Also, uh, with the two home games, Friday and Sunday, it is uh, the military appreciation night um, at the dunk for both games. So... Uh, They'll be wearing special jerseys to honor that and um, honor our veterans. Absolutely. And that's, that's so huge for them to do that. And, and uh, yeah, it's just, I love when they do stuff like this. It's, it's just, it's good for everybody. And um, you know, it's just a a lot of respect for the people that can't be here on a, on a regular basis, but they're they're doing a good job um, fighting for our freedom. So. Absolutely. Now, I did also, I just wanted to tell you, I did a quick search on Max Lagasse. It looks like when he was initially um, sent to Providence, he did need to clear waivers earlier in the year, um, right before the season started. Yeah, I knew that, but I'm not sure about the emergency recall situation, which I have to look into. Because oh, okay. I, know, I know there's some kind of window, only if it's an emergency. Like if he's just being brought up for, uh, as, as a thank you, uh, here's a, here's a, here's a, um, a short cup of coffee. I think that he'd be definitely uh, available for the waiver process after that. But this whole emergency thing kind of gets me a little weird. And I've heard different opinions about it on Twitter all morning. So I really don't know what to exactly believe because it's so vague. Interesting. Okay. All right, jump into the East Coast Hockey League, the Atlanta Gladiators. The Gladiators are not a very good team this season, and I'm not shitting on them at all. Uh, they're just it's, it's just struggling. They sit in fifth place in the South Division with a record of 16-19-0 with 32 points. The AA minor pro, Boston, minor pro affiliate of the Boston Bruins is 5-5-0 in their last 10 games and have been on a roller coaster ride of wins and losses in the 35 games played in the 2019-20 campaign. This is the goaltender we're talking about. Bruins prospect goaltender Kyle Kaiser remains on the injured list with an upper body injury, and um, everyone is pretty much tight-lipped on his potential return. But like I said, I believe it was yesterday or this morning, I saw Mark Diver from the rinksiderhodeisland.com writer. He mentioned that Kaiser has a concussion, um, so that. Who knows uh, when he's going to be able to return from that, if he does at all. Honorable mentions as non-Bruins prospects for the Atlanta Gladiators. Forward Tommy Martian has uh, a goal and three assists for four points in his last four games since being returned to Atlanta from Providence and has 12-12-24 numbers in 24 East Coast Hockey League games this season. Forward Scott Conway has uh, two goals in his last uh, three games, giving him 10 goals, four assists, 14 points in his last 19 games with the Gladiators Club. Defenseman Joel Messner has six assists in his last 10 games and has four goals, 18 assists, 22 numbers in 33 games for Atlanta. Um, The defenseman Joel Messner is, is a constant guy that's always going up and down with the, uh, with the need that Providence uh, has when they, when they need to recall a defenseman. So he's, he's constantly in their books and traveling up 95. So uh, good on him for his six assists in his last 10 games. 
Uh, jumping to, uh, do you have anything on the Atlanta? I don't have anything, no, on Atlanta. Okay. Uh, we're moving forward. The Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the Moncton Wildcats, uh, Bruins, 2018 second round pick Axel Anderson has one goal, five assists, six points in his last five games for his Wildcats club and has a goal, 16 assists, 17 points in 32 games in his rookie season in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League thus far. Uh, his, his last point came in a game Sunday, January 12, 2020, when he had a helper in a 4-1 to victory over Cape Breton. Mockton has two games coming up this weekend um, with the start of a home-and-home series against the St. John Sea Dogs, who sit in the seventh spot in the Eastern Conference and trailing the Wildcats by 13 points. With Mockton's victory on Sunday, they still sit in the second spot in the Q's Eastern Conference, with a 28-12-0-0 record and 56 points. They're currently 6-4-0 in the last 10 games. Uh, jumping to the NCAA Division I Men's Ice Hockey Big Ten Conference, University of Michigan 2019 first-round selection, John Beecher returned to his Wolverine team on Friday night, January 10th. 2020 on the road against the fighting Irish of Notre Dame and had an assist in a three to nothing victory in South Bend before the weekend's action Beecher spent the last few weeks in the, with the United States team that finished sixth in the 2020 world junior championships held in Czech Republic, Michigan, who's not even on the USCHO.com's top 20 national rankings swept the weekend's action over number 18 Notre Dame and have another tough test with two straight games at number six Penn State. Michigan split the two games previously in the regular season, one apiece with the, with the Bees prospect having a goal in a four to one win over the Nittany Lions back on December 6, 2019. Um, and that is basically it. I, there's no really updates on uh, other than Beecher um, in the NCAA that, that a Bruins prospect concerned. Uh, there have been some that played, but nothing's really jumped out uh, to me that um, warrants a mention on this show. So hopefully we get some more. I know that we talked um, beforehand. I know that Jeremy Swayman's your guy, and uh, we, we kind of like give you the reins because you're um, uh, a Maine State resident and a huge uh, Black Bear fan, but uh, they were playing the U.S. Uh, national team. What was it, the under-18? Yeah, they played them. And then um, they actually do play tonight, and it's on Nesson Plus. Uh, they play at UConn. So oh, I didn't even know that. Yep, so it's actually um, – it's telling me it's also on TSN for Canadian listeners. So um, – maybe get a chance to uh, take a look at Swayman playing at the University of Connecticut. I'm definitely going to do that because I got nothing to watch on tonight. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much everything that we've got. Uh, Tim, is there anything else that you want to bring up at all? No, I think that's everything on my end as well. Very quick show. Um, but once again, I just want to say thank you to all the listeners and, and everybody out there that's been, uh, giving us uh, some really good praise about what we're doing on this prospect podcast. It's a little extra project that we're doing alongside the black and gold hockey 
podcast that I, that I do with Heather Ingerson. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. So Tim, thank you again. And um, once again, if anybody's interested in getting involved in the Black and Gold Productions team as a writer or uh, a copy editor or anything like that, um, please check out our website. Uh, go, go to the search engine and put in help wanted. We have a whole article right there of things that we, I, I listed out that we're looking for. So if there's something that tickles your fancy there, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out and send me a message and um, to talk to me uh, either on Twitter or, or the email about how you'd like to fit in and, and, and we can find a spot for you because we're all, we're, we're a growing team. We have 17 writers right now, but that's not gonna stop us from growing even further. So if there's something that you'd like to do with us and, and uh, we can accommodate, we'd love to have you. So let me know. But anyway, Tim, thank you again so much for another good, good episode. Qu quick one, but I'm sure we'll, once everything starts picking up again, colleges start playing more after their winter breaks and so on, we'll, we'll have a lot more news um, and hopefully get some guests uh, coming up soon. So I appreciate the time, Tim. Absolutely. It's been a lot of fun and can't wait to the next one. Absolutely. We'll be back next week sometime, either Tuesday or Wednesday, regardless of depending on uh, how the Bruins, the Boston Bruins uh, schedule works out. But we will find time to to uh, do another weekend a week update. So thanks again, everybody, and take care. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.